0: This is episode 232 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, my friend, I want to talk to you today as a pastor, to you as a pastor, about your relationship with the kids in your church. Because you've probably heard all the hubbub about this CDC's biannual youth risk behavior survey that just came out. It's been on all the blogs and in a lot of podcasts already. And basically, the analysis is that uh, teens are struggling, right? We already know that, but it gave some real clear statistics. And it basically says that for parents, it's a terrifying glimpse at the state of teens' mental health, and especially the mental health of teenage girls. And they're saying that this trend began before the pandemic, but it seems to have been exacerbated by the isolation in those early years of COVID. And it says that the findings of the report were so striking that the lady who directs the CDC's Division of Adolescent and School Health, when she sat down to read it, she was absolutely overwhelmed. Her name is Kathleen Ether, and uh, she's with the CDC. She was overwhelmed looking at this report among the most troubling statistics. Now I'm going to read to you from what Lisa Jarvis wrote. She's a, uh, works for Bloomberg news and she wrote this in the Washington post. She said among the most troubling statistics, nearly 60% of teenage girls surveyed said they'd experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in the previous year. Well, 30% had seriously considered suicide. Now, That means that 3 in 10 teenage girls had seriously considered suicide? That's pretty bad. And it says that some 18% said they'd experienced sexual violence in the past year, and 14% had been forced to have sex. The survey also showed similar declines in the mental health of LGBTQ teenagers. She goes on to write, Numbers like these are a code red emergency, not only for parents, but for educators and policymakers. Now I'm going to read you one more short paragraph. Teens today are growing up under an umbrella of anxiety that would have been unfathomable during their parents' adolescence. They live with a very real fear of someone barging into their classroom with a gun, true, They live with intense body image pressures exacerbated by Instagram scrolling, true. And they worry about the fallout from a momentary lapse of judgment on social media, true. And it says many are even struggling with the existential threat of climate change. Now, you may say, oh, I don't think so. But think about all of the families that have been touched by catastrophes in the weather through floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, you name it, all kinds of weird climate stuff. And a lot of teens are struggling with that. And, and uh, this uh, adolescent development expert, Mitchell Princeton, said, it's the perfect recipe for the worst kind of stressors. Pastor, you're probably like me. I'm uncomfortable reading that. I really am. I like to read positive, helpful, encouraging, joyful things. I like to say nice stuff. Just reading that, just kind of, I could just feel my own soul just shrinking as I read that. And you think about the kids in your church, they're growing up and will soon be teenagers. I mean, obviously, if you've got a seven year old kid in your church, in seven years, that kid's going to be right in the thick of becoming a teenager in high school. And I'm wondering, what are you doing as a pastor to help make a connection with that kid now so that when that kid is a teenager, you're able to speak into their life? Just the other day, I had to visit somebody. I'm not going to give any details, but I had to visit a young person. And I was so glad during that visit that I already had a connection with them that I would already developed a relationship. And it wasn't an easy visit, it wasn't an easy conversation, but it was made possible simply because it wasn't the first conversation I was having with this young person. I basically, whenever I see young people, I try to acknowledge them, I try to remember their name, I try to say hello. And week after week after week after week, over time, you begin to develop a rapport, a relationship with a child. And when you're doing that in the context of local church ministries and church services, Sunday school, kids' church, vacation Bible school, whatever it is, just bumping into them in the lobby, I think, number one, the kids need to have a good relationship with their pastor. There's no reason why a kid should be ignored by his or her pastor. Pastors have huge influence, and with just a a little time and a little elbow grease, a smile here and a pat on the back there, we can make good connections with all the kids in our churches. Our churches generally are not that large, and we can pretty much know all of the kids in our church, or at least be on a first-name basis with them. For a child, when an adult notices them and honors them and recognizes them and respects them, that goes a long way because every once in a while you're going to have a kid in your church, and maybe more than every once in a while, who doesn't really get that at home. They don't get the respect or attention or love. And if they got that from their pastor, how would that impact their view of God and their understanding of what the church is? So number one, I would tell you, in order to help teenagers, now I'm going to tell you to start seven, eight years before they become teenagers. Start when they're children. Make sure that they they have a great relationship with you. Because number two, kids need to experience being loved and valued and recognized by their pastor. That's an experience that they can have. It's not just some fact written down somewhere, but that can be their, as as they say, their lived experience. My pastor notices me, and all it takes is a little intentionality and kindness and time. So when we talk with a kid, when we look them in the eye, when we affirm them, when they ask them how they're doing and then wait to listen— All these things build up the kids in our lives, the kids in our churches, the kids around us, and that's what we're called to do as a pastor. We're called to build up people, and we should start by building up the kids in our church. So number one, kids need to have a great relationship with their pastor. Number two, kids need to experience being loved and valued and recognized by their pastor. And then number three, Kids should experience a pastor who knows and values their family. When I was a kid, I had the very conscious sense that my pastor did not know or care about my family. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. That was my first pastor. That was my first pastor. But my second pastor, he cared very much, not just for me, but for my parents and my sisters as well. A kid thinks, if my pastor doesn't really care about my family, I know that he or she doesn't care about me either. But if my pastor does care about my family, they don't just care about me, but they care about the people that are most important in my life. And that that takes the respect level I have for them up several notches. So kids should experience a pastor in their church who knows and values their family. Number four, kids need to know their pastor well enough to realize that he or she loves Jesus. This involves some transparency and openness on your part. Now, you might think this is strange with children, but no, it's honest and helpful. Tell children your Jesus story. Get into a Sunday school class or get into a kids' church or get into a, a VBS group or some kind of a backyard Bible club, wherever kids are, get in the mix with them and let them know that you came to know Jesus at a certain age, that that Jesus showed up in your life and that God showed you that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that you realized one day that You could not have a relationship with God apart from the Savior, Jesus Christ. Let them also know that you struggle with prayer sometimes. Share with them how Jesus has blessed your life and why you love him. You can influence them, and they will follow your lead. When they realize that you struggle with prayer, that you struggle to behave, that you don't always do the things that you know are right, they'll say, oh, well, my pastor has kind of a real life just like I do. And if he's a pastor and he struggles with that stuff, or if she's a pastor and she struggles with that stuff, well, then uh, maybe there's hope for me yet too. And then lastly, kids form their view of God through the lens of the church. Kids need to see the church loved well and led well by their pastor. If you show up like my first pastor did, and head out the door two years later, well then, you've just sent a very negative message to every kid in your church. You show up and you leave. You didn't even spend enough time to get to know them. You didn't spend any time getting to know their families. You come and you go. But when you love your people and you lead them and you feed them well, then the kids in your church, they're really gonna believe that the things you've said about God and the things you've said about the church are actually true. Jesus himself one time said something about children and millstones? Don't be that person. Be a pastor who loves the people of your church so much that the children realize that God is real, and his love is real too. I love kids. I do, because Jesus does, and he's put it in my heart to love them. And even if they do drive me up the wall once in a while, okay, most times when they're in groups together, I'm not good at managing children. But I love kids. And I may at times want to act like Danny DeVito in the movie Matilda. I'm big, you're little. But I hope I act a little more like Miss Honey, the one who loves and cherishes her students. Because, Pastor, there's going to come a day when they face the troubles that the CDC and their report has talked about that are very real issues in their life. There's going to come a day when they face those things and you want them to have a strong connection and relationship with you, at least a healthy rapport so that you can step into their worst day and give them hope. It's basically what I had to do recently. I had to step into somebody's worst day, but I was able to do it and I was able to give them some hope because I've had a relationship with them since they were a child. Pastor, I hope this has been an encouragement to you, a challenge to you, and I hope that you will look at your at the kids in your church a little bit differently tomorrow, that you will see them as these little people who need a connection with their pastor, and I hope that they have one. Pastor, I hope you have a great day, and uh, thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for serving God. And I will catch up with you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.